Music for a Cause, and we'll talk about it on this episode of the Mind Dog TV Podcast. Welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napple. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. You know, often uh, the intro is the best part of the show. <laughs> I, li- I like the intro, and I get a lot of con- uh, compliments on the intro, but I, I mean that, and n- not to denigrate our content at all and our wonderful guests, but for me, uh, Often, <laughs> the intro is the, is the most exciting part of the show. I love that. Is everybody ready for Mind Dog, the Magnificent Show? Start the clock. And then we just kick right in with the music. Um, by the way, that is uh, all, all me on the music. The, I played all the instruments and put that thing together. It's not like a big thing or anything. but uh, So I just like it, though. It kind of gets my energy up there. Um, and tonight, we're going to be talking to a musician. And I've already gotten a number of emails uh, about the title of tonight's show uh, because it's the word color is spe- spelled in what I want to say is a European fashion. I think we are the only ones, the Americans I'm talking about when I say we, we are the only ones who spell it C-O-L-O-R. Uh, the rest of the world, C-O-L-O-U-R, is uh, actually... Uh, I think is a proper spelling. So to everybody who's yelling at me that I spelled it wrong and and change, (laughs) change the spelling on the title of the show. uh, I think I spelled it right. I I took it from my guest's uh, website and from the video page that she, she did. And uh, again, she's from Canada, not from the, from the United States. So I think she's got it right. We got it wrong. You got it wrong. I should say I got it right. (laughs) Anyway, I'm happy to have you here tonight, and thanks for coming. Uh, so as I mentioned, we're going to be talking mostly about music, but uh, we're going to talk also about people living with cancer. And here's the good news, folks. You know, in a world full of bad news, we need some good news. If we're going to be talking about people living with cancer and their families and friends, uh, there is some good news in the, in that because if you're old enough to remember, and I certainly am, um living with cancer was not really an option at uh, many years ago, at least, you know, uh, when my family was going through it a lot, 30, 40 years ago, uh, cancer meant you were dying. You you had no, uh, you know, there was no living, there was no uh, treatment for it. Basically uh, almost everybody who got it died from it. Now we've made such great advances that people can survive it, move on from it, get in complete remission and move forward and and still lead productive, happy lives. So there's some good news in that. So we're going to be talking to my guests about that in just one moment. First, I need to speak to you about uh, my sponsors and uh, they what keeps the show on the air. So let's get right to that. Tonight's show is brought to you by audiobooksnow.com. Audiobooks Now is obviously a supplier of audiobooks. What else would they be supplying? And you know you can get audiobooks just about any place on the web right now. So why audiobooksnow.com? Well, simple. Price point, price point, price point. Audiobooks Now Club Pricing Point. uh, Club club pricing plan. Say that 10 times fast. Uh, Audiobooks Now Club Pricing Plan is simply the best deal on audiobooks you'll find. It offers the savings and flexibility not found anywhere else with their save on everything discounts, rollovers, exclusive offers, loyalty programming, incredible selection. I wonder if they sell new lips. Um, 
and cancel any time policy. It simply cannot be beat. Plus, get a free premium audiobook on select titles. And if you click the link in the description tonight, you can start a 30-day free trial of their club pricing plan, which normally sells for $4.99 a month. It's absolutely free for 30 days. If you're not happy with it at any time in that 30-day period, just cancel and you won't be charged a penny. Uh, audiobooksnow.com. I do appreciate you patronizing them. The link is in the description. Tonight's program is also brought to you by FunWise Capital. FunWise Capital is a business lender matching platform that gets you the best credit lines guaranteed. You can apply online in 60 seconds or less, and there's no effect to your credit to see how much you can get. Use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business. Wait, did he say start? Yes, he did say start. If you don't have a business, but you got a solid business plan that can help you get funding, get the best funding you can qualify for. The strategic uh, lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months, unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding, bridge loans, all that kind of stuff. They work with real estate, startups, like I mentioned, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business, any kind of project. To get started with them, super easy. You just go to apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Apply.funwise.com slash minddog. And the link will be in the description. And as usual, I certainly do appreciate you patronizing FunWise Capital. Now on to the big program. Sharon Zygmunt is a psychologist and hypnotherapist whose lifelong passion has been music. Uh, the Colors... C-O-L-O-U-R as Coming Back uh, is the first release by Zygmunt Creative Projects Foundation, a nonprofit organization dedicated to the donation of part of its proceeds to various charities. The Colors Coming Back is an album of original songs for people living with cancer and their families and friends. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome in Sharon Zygmunt to the Mind Talk TV podcast. Sharon, welcome. Thank you very much, Matt. It's been a pleasure, and I just want to say that... Um, we have a, on our our website both spellings of color. Uh, okay. <laughs> we got two domain domain names because we did run into the idea that that the Americans would want spelled that O O R. That that <laughs> we. I appreciate that, but you're going out of your way for people who are just arrogant, I think, because, we, we, you know, the rest of the world spells it your way. We we insist on spelling it our way and then say everybody else is wrong. And I can't tell you, I probably had 10 emails today telling me I, I better check the spelling on my title. Well, uh, I just want to say cancer has no boundaries. Uh, that's so, true. So if we can do any kind of help, through inspiration uh, by our songs to whoever listens to it, then that's the important thing. Absolutely. I, I, co I totally agree with you. Now, now uh, I have to say we have a lot of musicians who will watch this program. I know this from the viewer mail we get and, and the listener mail we get. But a lot of creatives. And many of them uh, have had the passion of their entire life of uh, being in music and being creative and, and doing that for a living. Uh, but many of them, I mean, the reality is many of them had, had to take a side job. I don't think any of them have uh, had psychologists and hypnotherapists as their side job. Uh, That's not well, my side job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, 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 um, 
it's the thing that kept you going while you while you pursued your music and 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 enjoyed your music, and that's what I mean by by side the day gig, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. But that that's a little bit unusual with the uh, with the musicians that I know of. Is is it not? Are, do you know of other people like you, psychologists who <laughs> by day psychologists by day, musicians by night? Yeah, there I, there are a lot of people who who are talented and and who love music and they, who want to get into it. So. Uh, you know, we we have our day job and we we have our uh, other passion. Yeah, well, I was one of those for many years, many many years. And I, uh, I I tell you a little story. I met a guy because I was playing in a band, and uh, a guy I went to buy an amplifier off of Craigslist, and the guy had yeah. me meet him in a parking lot, and yeah. uh, and uh, I thought that was kind of strange to buy an amplifier, meet him in a parking lot. But I got there before him. He showed I he showed up, and I could tell right away he was very wealthy. He had you know he he was dressed well. His his vehicle was an expensive vehicle that he pulled up in, and his wife was with them and she was covered with diamonds and pearls. They've all smelled really pretty. So I knew they were made of money. And so okay. uh, we got to talking and he said, what do you do? I said, I play in a band. And he said, oh, you're living the dream. And I laughed in his face, not to be rude, but just because I, you don't understand. I'm not rich and famous. I'm not a rock star. I'm a working guy who is uh, does music because I love to because I have to within my blood. But um, I'm not, you know, it's, and he stopped me. Wait a second," he said. "I'm retiring. I'm I'm 69 years old. I'm uh I always wanted to play in a band. I'm retiring and I'm selling you my amp, which means I'm never going to play in a band. This is kind of uh, my, my my signifying moment of my dream is is leaving. And so I think there are a lot of people that you know who live that way, always wanting to do it but never really getting into it. Mm. Uh, and wanting to pursue it as a full-time thing and get caught up in doing other things and never get the chance to do it. And then by the time it gets to, uh, to that point in life where they don't get re a real chance to follow their dream or their passion, uh, it, they feel like it's too late. So I think that's a shame. And that's kind of why uh, we started this program. In, in the, that was part of the impetus behind There was a couple of reasons why we started this program. But that idea of following your passion and, and following your dream. So tell me exactly uh, how the music started for you and what you do and, and where you got the passion from and, and what it is that you do that makes you happy and fulfills it. Okay. Well, well when I was nine, I started taking piano lessons. And, and I have a twin sister. And she liked to practice a lot, and I didn't practice so much. <laughs> but <clears throat> I continued uh, taking lessons along with her until we were 16, because I, I didn't want to be the twin that didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> okay? So <clears throat> uh, then when we were 16, my parents got us each a uh, guitar for our birthday, and Throughout college, we played guitar. I took guitar lessons for a couple of years. I see you have a guitar too. That's very nice. Is is that your instrument, Matt? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I play a, a wide variety of instruments. In the band, I played guitar. Um, but yeah, I don't want to cut you off from your story. But the brief—I was never a guitar player. I became a guitar player because every guitar player we had kept quitting, so I had to take that spot. So, yeah. uh -huh. Uh -huh. so please continue with your history. I want to hear it. Yeah, so then uh, my, uh, my mother said to me, well, if you ever want to take piano lessons again, <laughs> I'm not going to push you. you have to, you're you're going to have to pay for them yourself. So I said, okay. And then it turned out <clears throat> that my younger sister 
when I was 21, my younger sister was taking lessons with a very good piano teacher. And I said, oh, she's learning very quickly, so I better, uh, you know, this is my, my opportunity to get back into it when I wanted to, rather than when I thought I should just, you know, to keep up with my sister. So um, I went back and I started to pay for, I got a grant and I was able to pay for my own lessons at the time. And like at that time to pay for your own lessons was, it was like $7 a lesson. So right. it was a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> then, so, so, so uh, I continued on with that teacher for 13 years. Um, and, uh, and meanwhile, I was also doing guitar. And I took a couple of years of guitar lessons and I was just doing it recreationally. But so um, what happened was uh, how I expanded my repertoire of instruments <laughs> was that when my son was about <clears throat> 10 or so, something like that, he, he was uh, active. He wanted, I wanted to give him an instrument. And uh, it turns out that my friend, <coughs> my friend's son was taking drum lessons. So uh, I started to give him lessons because there was a secretary at the clinic where I was working who had a, a, a crappy drum kit for 50 bucks in her garage. <laughs> so I bought it. <coughs> and uh, he lasted for about 15 minutes on the lesson. And I said, oh, I would like to take drums. <laughs> So I became so so I became involved in taking drum lessons. Uh, so far, I took uh, thirty years of piano lessons in different styles, <laughs> and twenty eight years in drumming. Wow! And when my drum this is a funny story because my drum teacher at the time, um, he was teaching a, in a, a music school. He had just graduated from junior college, and. Uh, I was taking lessons with um, a guy who was also uh, a student of his his teacher, but that guy was leaving town and going to the states and trying to make his way around the drum circle. So his teacher said to my teacher, whose whose name is Spiros, is one of my best friends, uh, and he wound up being in the same band. So I, anyway, so. So he said to Spiros, you know, there's this older woman, I think I was like in my mid-40s, um, who was interested in, in taking drum lessons. And um, how do you feel about teaching her? So he says, okay. <laughs> he, was gonna take he, he's, he was good on that. <clears throat> and and the, poor, the poor young guy had to take the bus for about three hours to get to my house. But I was a very, I was a very diligent student and I worked very hard and, you know, now uh, I, I'm the one who's been taking lessons with him the longest and, and learned, you know, many, many styles and, and uh, it, like I say, I go to my drum room for peace and quiet. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, and I still, I still play piano and I also played mandolin. Uh, I took lessons in mandolin also one time. <laughs> uh, there was a, a mandolin teacher in Montreal who who was uh, well known, and I told him my mother was taking la mandolin, 
<clears throat> with him. And she played in a little band. It was just an informal thing. And then what happened was, he's, <clears throat> I, I, my, my parents gave me, I think it was for my 50th birthday, they gave me a, a mandolin. Wow. So I had to take lessons, right? So I approached this teacher and he says, oh, you know, I don't, I don't really want to work with beginners. <laughs> I said, oh, come on, give me a chance. So he says, he, so he, he, he said, okay. Anyway, he, he let me uh, take lessons with him for a year after that. Yeah, and then he, then he retired because he was like a, in his 90s or something like that. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I just, I, I kept playing because, you know, I had played guitar before and I got the idea. The, the, the fretboard is different, but it doesn't matter. You know, once, once you know what, what the uh, scales are, it, it, it doesn't matter. Now, one aspect of music that I do not do is sing. <laughs> that, that's um, kind of unusual because you would think you would have started singing at some point along the line. You've been playing music pretty much your whole life. But the other part that seems to me that's kind of unusual is that I know a lot of people who started taking lessons, but once they knew music and started expanding into other instruments, they pretty much were self-taught on the other instruments because once you know music, you know music and you can kind of figure your way out. But you seem to be a kind of person who wants to do it right and start and learn and learn the right way. Uh, I mean, I, I, when I got a mandolin, I didn't even bother. I, I just kind of, first of all, I knew the the fretboard from playing tenor banjo when I was a kid, but um, you're, you're right. Understanding yeah. it, I just kind of picked it up and said, you know what, I'm going to teach myself this thing. And I don't know if I play it right, but I know the chords and I know, I know the fingerings. I know what, what all the notes are and I can, I can make music on it. And that's all that's important to me. Really, is, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you sound like you're very versatile. Yeah. <clears throat> um, people have said to me, Sharon, you're taking lessons for so long. Yeah. Don't you know everything by now? And right. the answer is no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> the more the more you you realize and the more you play, the more you realize that there's more to learn. And it's right. fun. So with the with the drumming though, are you studying jazz? Because I think what happens most of the times when I see guys who take drum lessons or people who take drum lessons for a long time, they start out wanting to play rock and stuff. But it eventually, with rock and roll uh, or pop music, you do get to a point where there's not much more you can learn on on the instrument called the, the drum kit uh so it naturally expands out to either classical or jazz in a lot of ways so are you learning you know a lot of jazz drumming i i never study classical i i do jazz i do latin i do rock i i do funk like you know i've been doing it for 28 years so uh. I've, I've i've gone through a lot of books <laughs> yeah is, is drums your favorite instrument uh it, it's what I drums and piano I, I, are both my favorite. Okay. But I, I studied piano. I started with in classical, and and then I branched out to doing uh, playing rock and pop, uh, show tunes, uh, and um, and then I I started to learn some jazz. Right. And jazz is very hard, but it helped me a lot. Of course, yeah. Um. So do you write? I I do not write um, like piano music or any of that. 
Right. I, I did write the drum score for uh, one of the songs on the album, and I did play a couple of tracks on uh, on the drum on the, with drum brushes and stuff like that. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, and how was that recording process like for you? Was that the first time in the studio playing drums? Yeah, you know, I was I was a newcomer, and I didn't do this all by myself because my piano teacher and I we started uh, we 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 started together um, <clears throat> on this project of the album, and uh, it, at the time I was working in in the cancer wellness center, uh, you know the Gilda's clubs, right? Yeah. So that there was a Gilda's club that started in Montreal and they needed a psychologist. So I went there and at the time I was playing music <clears throat> and I had a little group with uh, my friend who was a singer and uh, my, my drum teacher slash friend who, who was our drummer and myself because I was a keyboard player. Wow. And um, <clears throat> so at some of the events, we we played it was a voluntary thing and uh you know it was a good thing and and people um really appreciated it in fact there was one lady whose daughter was the inspiration for for the gilda's club in montreal when it existed um it unfortunately ran out of funding but but uh this uh, lovely lady uh, was at the sh our, one of our shows and she said, uh, this is the first time I've been able to listen to music since my, my daughter passed away. Wow. And that was like a few years before. So, you know, it said to me that really music had a big impact on helping people to feel better. And uh, so my teacher named Mary, Mary Cowan, uh, one day came to me, uh, she's a breast cancer survivor, and she's open about that. And and her sister had some rare form of cancer, and her, she said, Sharon, I wrote a song for my sister. Um, I'd like to play it for you. So she played it, she sang it, she, she wrote the whole thing. She was always writing uh, um, a lot of different melodies came to her. Like I write words, she 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 write, writes music. Anyway, so so uh, I said, you know that that song. It was called "Just Want to Hold You" because she didn't know if her sister was going to make it. And um, I said, that's a beautiful song. The people at the Gilda's Club would really like it. You know, we should make an album for people with cancer. She said, Are you kidding? <laughs> Where are we going to start with that? So I said, no, no, Mary, we can do it. So <clears throat> what I started to do was I started interviewing people to write uh, and write their story. Now, I wasn't too bad at writing poems. I'm not that great at writing prose, but, I, but I'm good at poems. But <clears throat> when you write for songs, you have to write it in a certain uh, pattern. Meter, right, yeah. You know, the verse chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, uh, you know, something like that and throw in an instrumental somewhere. But <laughs> I, had, I had to read how to do it. So I did that. I, read, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I started interviewing people and I wrote their stories as lyrics. And then Mary put music to, to the, uh, the majority of the songs. I did the lyrics for uh, 12 of the 14 and she did the music for 12 of the 14 but not the same same 12 
Wow. So <laughs> it's tied to two with my other son, <laughs> who, was play, who was a guitarist and a piano player and a, and a psychiatrist. Yeah. 14 songs is a, is a big, uh, generally um, people struggle with 10 now for, for like a full album. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people put out EPs because they can't do a whole album. 14 is a lot of songs for a single release. So uh, yeah. congratulations on that. <laughs> uh, so has the, um, has the response been, uh, have you received a lot of response from it? Well, we, we released the album in 2005 and that time the music business, as you know, was quite different than it is now. Right. Okay. So when when we released it, um, we had a lot, a lot of press because it was the first time it ever happened in Canada, and probably worldwide that anybody did a project like that. Right. And uh, we really put in our hearts and souls into it. Uh, my husband financed most of it, and um, we learned how to be in the studio, and we learned how to give our opinions. So we were like these two middle-aged ladies with, <laughs> with uh, a good uh, a good goal. Wow! So you built a studio to record the album? Is that what I just heard? <laughs> no, no, no. We, oh. we went to the studio. Oh, rent to the studio. Okay. We had to pay for the studio time. <laughs> like nothing's for nothing. Right? I, I was going to say that's pretty heavy, heavy duty to kind of. Be, nowadays, almost everybody has a studio. Everybody uh, who's releasing music, or at least on a, a regular basis, people have their own studios now, and that's what's a part of what's changed a lot about so much about the business but everything about the music business has changed in my life uh, uh from from how it's distributed to how, how much you could make off it and all that kind of stuff um yeah, that's the thing. yeah so but there is you know this i'm glad you 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 brought that that up about um um the the idea of uh people just responding to your music and, and you know, the, the woman who said that's uh, the first time she could listen to music since her, her disease. That's a big part of um, why I volunteer. I do a lot of nursing homework, VA work and all that kind of stuff and have gotten that response. And to me, um, that's part of the legacy uh, of, yeah. of uh, and what that says to me. And because there are so many musicians in, in the audience, and I think it's an important point to make is that, uh, we hear so much about people, you know, concentrating on the money uh, aspect of it and uh, why they don't make any money from it. And, and the belief of the starving artist, you know, this myth of the starving artist, where people feel like uh, it's a noble thing or you're wrong to charge for your music and all that kind of stuff. And it's a big th a hurdle for a lot of independent musicians to get it. My mindset thing. But in your story there, it illustrates that there is really intrinsic value in the art that you're you're doing. You're affecting people's lives in a really powerful way. People, you know, people who had music as something to lean on and give them strength in times of trouble, no longer could experience that because they were just overwhelmed with the disease. And at some point, they heard your music and said, "That's the first time I've been able to listen to music again." That's a powerful story, and I think it's one that uh, a lot of struggling musicians, especially people who struggle with this idea of the value in their work need to hear. So uh, thank you for that. It must have been extremely rewarding for you to hear that. It was great. It was great. We hugged, we hugged each other and we loved each other. You know, yeah. it's that kind of a thing. Um, yeah. One thing that, that Mary and I really found was very important was that the lyrics would, would stand out. 
because a lot of times you hear music and the, and you can't even understand what the person's trying to say. But here, it was people's real stories. It was the real stories of people's lives. And what I was trying to do when I wrote uh, the songs, apart from the one that Mary did and the French one that uh, uh, another uh, friend of mine did, <coughs> um, was to to inspire people with hope and courage in the face of, of a very difficult uh, life challenge. And, and so I asked people who I met who, who had come face to face with cancer and, and I asked them what, what their story was. So like, for example, the colors coming back, it was a story of a friend of mine who lost her husband to cancer uh, and then started to get over her grief by painting. So the idea was that when people find their passion, they have a, a, an outlet that gives them hope and gives them inspiration and, and healing. Right. So that was that one. Then I'm in the grocery store, okay? I meet I meet the friend uh, of a mother, my mother-in-law. She was an elderly lady in her her late eighties, a breast cancer survivor, metastasized uh, to her to her brain. She had she had all kinds of chemo, and uh, I said to her, I said to her, uh, you know, I'm doing this album, <laughs> trying to interview people. Um, what keeps you going? And she said, well, you know, I've always been a person with positive uh, perspective. I, <clears throat> I do my best. I'm following all the treatments. But the bottom line is I'm not ready. <laughs> she wasn't ready to, pass, to give, up the, give up the ship, okay? Right. The ship. I said, oh, my God, a song title. <laughs> so that's what it was. <laughs> That's that's really cool stuff because the inspiration for a song can come from anywhere, and I think sometimes you know, we talk about this with musicians and songwriters all the time. Sometimes just a, a title can give you uh, the whole song. The song writes itself once you have the idea of uh, the title and what the song is going to be about. You know the message, and then yeah. the writing becomes pretty simple, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I did most of my writing um, in the swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do a lot of sports. I, I I did most of my my writing in the swimming pool, or on rollerblades. And um, there was this uh, one of the things that I, I found also was that that uh, people needed to relax. They needed to escape in their mind. And I decided to write a hypnosis script that uh, Mary made into a bossa nova, which is very nice because then you go to your isle, tropical island and. and you know, so uh, <clears throat> we when we went in the studio, um, I was playing. We turned the lights down, and I played drum brushes to go with people's breathing, this slowed slowed down breathing, and to sound like ocean waves. Right. Anyways, it was, you, you don't listen to that on uh, on the highway because you know right. <laughs> it'd be dangerous. But but. Uh, if you want to just sit sit in your own space and, and just chill and imagine that you can go on a trip and not get COVID, <laughs> then, right. then you can listen to that song. It's called uh, My Quiet Place. 
And the last verse uh, I wrote when I was uh, on the chairlift. Wow. <laughs> on a gorgeous spring day. You know, so the, <laughs> those are different inspirations that uh, I had. It reminds me of uh, <laughs> a story what, 35 years ago when I was doing my radio show. I was also <laughs> practicing hypnotherapy. And in those days, <laughs> we, we had answering machines that had tapes in them. Yeah. And I bought a three-minute loop tape, and I did on the uh, the loop tape. I did. I took it into my studio, and I recorded uh, a hypnosis uh, induction uh, as a greeting on the answer machine. It was kind of like, um, I'd like you to think about all the reasons you called me. Maybe you called mm -hmm. just to shoot the breeze. Maybe you mm -hmm. had something urgent to talk to me. I want you to think about the number of reasons you called for me, and mm -hmm. you could have any number of reasons. And, and, but it, and it was just like kind of a goof, yeah. and, but it had a lot of like all this um, suggestive music behind it. But mm -hmm. at, at some point, people people liked it in the beginning, and they laughed about it, and they got it. But after a while, it got really old because it was, I had to wait three minutes to give me a message now. And so people would get really angry, like, I Every time I call, I gotta get a damn stupid answer machine. But it was meant to be funny. But it just reminded me of that. Yeah, so they're, uh, they're supposed to come down when they. When yeah, they I know, I, and that, it just it made people extremely angry. But I, it, that, to me, it was just hysterical because that's just my sense of humor. Very strange. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I like to play uh, the colors coming back. You want to, uh, you know, intro the song in any way, or just should I just play it? Just play it. Okay, we'll return right after this. The song's called "Colors Coming Back." Uh, is it? Because the album says by various artists. Is yes. there? An oh, oh, there's a there's significance to that, because we we hired singers to be the people in the songs. Okay. Okay. So, so, um, so the different people that we had to have, uh, you know, if if the story was about. Uh, uh, um, a man who had a certain experience, then we did it uh, with a, a male singer. Gotcha. If, if it was um, with a, a female story, then we did it with a female right. singer. So who's the lady singing on this one? Her name is Jose Bro. And... Uh, <clears throat> we, all, all Canadians? We're all Canadians, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Here's a song. It's called Colors Com The Colors Coming. The moment we met, the sky was bright. Then cancer took you and it turned to night I struggled in darkness, my life surreal But then through my painting I found I could heal The black and gray of winter's gone, erased by Started leaving my sadness behind 
When dotting my canvas, I pictured you, a lasting reminder of joy that we knew. the day outside my window snows melting away I look at the tulips young blades of grass a new life's beginning it's springtime at last the black and gray of winter's gone erased by more than pink of dawn Very, very nice. Come on, you can go out of, out of the way now in a picture. There you go. <laughs> There's a uh, video, by the way, I made for that. I, I didn't see it. Uh, it's on my YouTube channel, yeah. Okay. I, I wound up having to do videos. I got that. Yeah, everybody does. And that, <laughs> so you, you've had to teach yourself video editing? Is <laughs> did you yeah, go out? I used like YouTube Movie Maker, uh, you know, right. that kind of thing. And then my brother-in-law, who is, is a very good techie, he, he put the finishing touch, touches on. Because otherwise it would have, you know, kind of probably sucked she, more. <laughs> she has a very nice voice. It kind of uh, reminds me a little bit of Karen Carpenter. You know, Karen. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 She has a beautiful voice. And the, and the uh, instrumental there uh, was by, uh, you ever hear of Jeff Fisher? He, he uh, does some uh, production for films. Oh, and our, our other producer was Cassie Nicodemo. Do you know him, Fussy Cassie? No. They're, well, they're Canadian, so yes, that's why. No, I don't. I do, I do not like him. Believe it or not, we have a lot of Canadians who are on, on this program. I have two tomorrow, I think. No, oh, one, one tomorrow. Uh, oh, somebody who's got a radio show in Toronto. Uh, yeah. But you're in Montreal, right? Yeah. yeah. So you, you're, not, you're not in the pool much these days, right? <laughs> In the pool, yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was in the pool until like uh, Friday. Friday really? Oh, Friday. indoor pools or something. Right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, have to yeah. Sign up. Every, everything's like sign up. Yeah. So, what are you? Are you under uh, like several feet of snow or no? What's it like up there right now? No, we have we have about like a half a foot of snow. 
Oh. But like I was in the country and it was it was beautiful. I cross country ski. Oh wow. Uh, I, I, I a, I'm also a trainer, a personal trainer, a yeah. fitness professional, and a martial artist. Well, you certainly have a very full <laughs> life. When uh, anybody anybody in the lower forty eight or, or here, uh, when we think of Canada, we just think of a, a big chunk of ice, right? In the mid, even in summertime, we think it's cold in Canada. It's just no, it's really hot. So it's like eighty six degrees or yeah, yeah. whatever. You can go right right up there, right but it doesn't last that long. It's only for a few months. Yeah, well, it, it in our in your mental perception of what it really is doesn't always match what it really is, and so uh, we just think of it as like Canada is pretty much the North Pole, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quite close. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I've never been to the North Pole. Yeah, except, in, except when I went to Santa Claus Village. <laughs> right. So, um, you you mentioned pro production and producers. Uh, did you go in with uh, like, is it self arranged stuff? And what, what went into the production of, of the album? Was it a lot of uh, okay, let's let's you know a hands on producer saying this is how the arrangement should go and this is how we're going to record it in different ways. Well, Mary ways. did a lot of the arranging for for eleven of the songs. Because Jeff Fisher, the one who did the colors coming back, he he did the arrangement for three. Uh, and, uh, and what was that? Was it an enjoyable process in the studio, or was it a painful process? Because it could you can do great work and be happy with the work, but sometimes the process can be uh, excruciating. How was the process of recording this? It was very uh, interesting because I never did that before, you know. Oh, yeah. And and Cassie was great. Cassie Nicodemo. You ever hear of Dance Plant Records? I don't know, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's who it is. So he he, uh, he he steered us really well. He he knew his stuff. Uh, he told us what would, would work, what wouldn't work. Mary was the one who, who uh, um, put together a lot of the, the instrumental concepts. And um, we so we were in his studio. We we went there regularly <laughs> until we did the the fourteen. We did all, all well eleven of the fourteen. Now at the end of that song, she kind of did a little improv on the vocal there that sounded a little bit jazz influenced. Was that like something? Was that planned, or was that is that how the song is written, or she just kind of felt it and went there with that? Well, Jeff, when Jeff was recording. He had a recording studio in his place, and, and and when he was recording, he said, "Add a little, you know, a jazzy yeah. type of it." And yeah. you know, that, that's what he did. That's <laughs> pretty cool. I mean, you don't hear a lot of pop records, uh, you know, go there because it definitely it had a strong jazz flavor to it at the end of it, and it's just like what well, yeah. a little bit different uh, right at the end of the song. That well, it makes you it brings brings your ears up and adds a little interest at, at that point uh, yeah. so are you uh, well we, now, did, we did have some jazz actual jazz singer uh, singer we did have a jazz singer who was doing uh, a, a few numbers uh, latin mostly and uh, like the i'm not ready song was blues right and uh, there was another one called when you're near which uh, was a um, latin jazz and uh, what was the other one she did i don't remember Oh yeah, my quiet place. That she right. So listening to that song, I was reminded of something I saw on YouTube video recently. Of um, 
Nashville singers who wrote a song for uh, a guy whose son, had, he, he they heard him on the radio doing an interview, and he was talking about his son who had died in Afghanistan. And the songwriters wrote a song about it without his, him knowing about it. It became a number one song, and I forget the name mm-hmm. of the song. But then when they went to play it for him, it was just like an extremely emotional moment for all of them. And I was, when I'm listening to that song, I'm thinking of the woman who told who, who told the story, you know, the painter woman who who's uh, the color was coming back for. When you've yeah. actually played her that song, there must have been an extremely emotional moment for her first time she heard the song. Were you there when the first time she heard the song? She loved it. She was she was blown away. She, right. she, she's my neighbor. That's how I know her. Uh, and, right. uh, she was an older lady, Holocaust survivor. You know, it was uh, a, a very sad story in her life. And, and she met this, this wonderful man, the Canadian, who uh, changed her life and brought her a lot of happiness. And he got leukemia, unfortunately, many years later. But when right. he passed away, you know, having lost, like, just about all of her family, like, this was, was such a painful, painful yeah. uh, loss for her, and she was wondering how could I ever get over it. And um, yeah, not to minimize anything yeah. or, or be you know dismissive in any way, but I would think uh, for a Holocaust survivor, uh, a death of a, uh, a loved one as tragic as it is, uh, after you survived the Holocaust. Um, everything else is kind of small potatoes in some way, you know, uh, that's, that's a huge thing, huge, um, piece of his personal history to carry around with you being a Holocaust survivor. I wouldn't I know, know. I know. I know. But it's, you know, <clears throat> it prepares you for any extra loss that's going to come in your life. And, and, and give, I would think it would make you strong. You know, they say anything that doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, yeah. <laughs> She, she found that, that it, you know, it triggered a lot of loss that, that she already had. Right. Um, so, so, uh, it was really a, a wonderful thing that she was able to find some peace in, in painting and it gave her some, some inspiration. Right. So that was very important. So I have the website up there in the bottom. It's been scrolling across in the bottom. It's it's the colorscomingback.ca, and there is a, a link on the top where you can change languages from French to English and and uh, um, and so forth. But it's the colors coming back is spelled uh, the European way or the Canadian way. Colors c o l o u r s coming back dot uh, c a not dot com. So the, right, but if you Google if you Google the colors coming back c o l o r s it comes to the same page. Oh, and that, but is that also uh, .ca or .com? Yeah, it's .ca. That's okay. the Canada part. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, a lot of people are just assume anytime they go to a website, they're going to type .com, and that can get you to a wrong place and then get frustrated and all that stuff. It's, so the yeah. link will be in the description to make it easy for people. Now, the, the music is still uh, is available still, and the CD is available still. It's still for sale, right? Yeah, well, the best... The- it still is. I have a whole bunch of them in my house because people are more downloading, which is, you know, is a different story. I, if they do want to download, they can they can download it from Amazon because uh, it is on on Amazon, and um, it's on. If they go to the colors coming back, various artists, it's on all the uh, 
all the uh, streaming sites. So, you know, but streaming sites, you don't really get too far with this streaming sites unless it, it goes viral, which right. is sort of a miracle. Or if somebody finds you and they want your song in a movie, then, right. then that's another story. But, you know, we were hoping when we originally made the album and, and we were successful initially when we had uh, when we had the hard copies, uh, we wanted to support cancer charities um, to uh, help them through our music in addition to inspiring the listeners. And, and we did because we initially sold like a thousand because we got a lot of press because it was a unique idea. We were in the Canadian Musician Magazine. We were in the SoCan. And they did a special, um, but then. I think I might have lost you. Are you there? Uh-oh. I think we lost her from Wi-Fi. Maybe she's coming back. We've kind of locked up for a moment. Let me see if I can do this and refresh her page here. Are you there? Nope. She's <laughs> turned to a blank screen. I think she needs to re-enter the room. I do apologize for that. We seem to have lost her by Wi-Fi uh, in the middle of a sentence there. So um, I'm not sure if she's coming back. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed what you listened to. Hope you'll support her. Uh, and, and check out thecolorscomingback.ca. Um, and I hope uh, we'll, we'll at least get to... Oh, she's back. Look, no, no. She's not back. Anyway. Um, I don't even think she knows she's not back, <laughs> which is sometimes, oh, yeah, she left the room. Um, so <clears throat> hello, I'm back here. So you see the, the, uh, URL scrolling across the bottom there, and that's where you would go necessarily to, uh, support her music. And I hope you enjoyed this program. I hope you, uh, got something out of it. And, and uh, unfortunately, I don't think, uh, Sharon is is coming back uh we'll give it a, just a minute here while i ramble i would like to tell you that we now have a patreon page uh the link is also in the description uh where you can get the podcast along with other uh new and exclusive content for our patreon customers uh for just one dollar a month you can get the entire podcast ad free in other words, uh, no advertisements, no sponsorships whatsoever. You can skip through all of that, both at the beginning and the end of the program. No ads whatsoever uh, on the, on the uh, podcast, plus lots of um, exclusive content, new music and new uh, blog posts and special guest interviews that aren't available anywhere else except on the patreon page and that starts at just one dollar a month to become a patreon subscriber uh you're not going to get a better deal on that for um great content that we provide and and sharon is back with us i guess we, she's reconnected so let me bring her in because i hate to uh end it on uh, half a sentence and say <laughs> Thank you. I'm so sorry. I think my husband turned on the the microwave. <laughs> so it's it's uh, you know signal. It's it's always something. Uh, I've had that problem here too, where somebody turns on something and I had a blackout right in the middle because all we blew a fuse or something and my computer went off and I was out for like ten minutes. I came back and my guest thankfully was still sitting there, just entertaining himself, waiting for me to come back. Uh, it's unusual, but it's funny. Uh-oh, you're locked oh, up again. No, I'm back. Yay, we're yeah. back. <laughs> Let me do this.
Are you there? No, you're not. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll deal with this. Anyway, we were, we're kind of running out of time anyway. I wanted to, oh, there you are. Right, can you hear me? Can you hear me? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come in, Sharon. Nope. Yep, she's gone again. One more time. One more time for all the old times. Anyway, where was I? Oh, about the Patreon stuff. Uh, so you go to our Patreon page. The link is in the description. Sign up for a dollar a month. Get the stuff ad-free. Get special uh, exclusive content and special content just for you. You can find out about it all at our Patreon link. And I do appreciate you patronizing that. I'm going to try because I think Sharon's going to come back one more time. And then we're going to say goodbye. Uh, I'm back. Yeah, she's back. Uh, I appreciate you making all that effort and, and, and for coming back and uh, as I was saying uh, while you were gone and you probably didn't hear of course you didn't hear this but uh, that I'm hoping people uh, go out and check out your music and support the cause and uh, so are you working on anything new or uh, are new music coming out ever, ever in the plans well <clears throat> that, that's a long way off okay. <laughs> I don't know okay as of now, I'm still working on this. You know, I uh, it, it was. Uh, oh, you locked up again. Can you hear me? I haven't given up on this project. Okay. But, uh, you know, promoting, it takes a lot of work. You know. It, I know. Uh, I know. Uh, it's a, it, I mean, I know. Yeah, hopefully we we can help with that, and and hopefully we will help a little bit tonight. But I wish you a lot of success and uh, and continued success with it. And it's a great cause, and I thank you for coming here and and sharing it with my audience tonight. Yeah, well, I thank you for having me, and it was wonderful talking to you and uh, one musician to another. So uh, so all that is great, and you have a very good personality. So Th thank you. Keep up, I keep, up, I, keep up the good self, as I always tell my clients. I appreciate that. <laughs> and th uh, thanks for coming, and, and say hello to your son, Jeff, for me, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, sometime in the future. When, please, you know, when you, if you do have some new music to promote, come on back, and we'll be glad to help you promote it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank thanks. you so much. You did, a, you did a very, very good deed today. Thank you. Thank you. For a lot, not only for me, but for a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, great. Stay, stay safe, stay, stay healthy, and, and bye for now. Thanks for coming. Thank bye. you. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Put Me in the Story. Put Me in the Story creates personalized books for kids by taking best-selling children's picture books and well-loved characters and allowing you to create personalized books that make your child the star of the story alongside their favorite characters. Save 25% store-wide when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code SAVE25. We're also sponsored by Lovely. Lovely is your online stop for modern, irresistible, and affordable women's clothing. Never before has dressing yourself been so easy. Lovely's carefully curated selection of apparel, accessories, and outerwear are always on trend and always available at the web's best prices. Lovely is dedicated to delivering high-quality clothing to women that will make them look and feel their best. They believe every woman has the right to dress well and shouldn't have to spend a lot to love how she looks. They make it easy to wear outfits you love every day, giving you the confidence to take on the world. 
Lovely.com summer fashion trends are now 40% off, starting at just $5.99. Get an extra 18% off when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code JFT18. We're also sponsored by VaporDNA. Founded in 2013, VaporDNA is the premier online vape store offering an industry-leading selection of electronic cigarettes, e-liquids, and accessories. Their friendly and knowledgeable customer service team is always ready to provide the best customer service experience to ensure you find what you're looking for. They guarantee their products to be 100% genuine and at the lowest possible price. They're so confident in their selection and customer service, they offer their customers a 45-day refund policy. Save 20% when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code ORIONQ. Sharon Zygmunt, folks, uh, the Colors Coming Back, colorscomingback.ca. Uh, I hope you patronize them and, and help them support a great cause, uh, the Zygmunt Creative Projects Foundation. Uh, and, you know, for people who are living with cancer and people who are uh, grieving from a loss of cancer, it's a great cause to try to help some of those people. So, uh, again, I hope you support it. Come on back. Uh, I hope you will uh, tell your friends about this program and come back and subscribe and go to my YouTube channel and subscribe there go to minddogtv.com get on my mailing list so you know we're gonna have great guests on and questions and comments for me always info at minddogtv.com info at minddogtv.com tomorrow at 1 p.m we have matthew hughes who is an award-winning canadian author sci-fi author uh, sci-fi fantasy and crime fiction uh a very unusual kind of guy seems like full of personality award-winning writer and it's another episode of uh meet the author and i believe he's in vancouver uh vancouver island in the pacific time zone so uh it should be a, a quite an interesting conversation with matthew Hughes tomorrow at 1 p.m so please join me then till then i'm matt napple for the mind dog tv podcast thanks for coming have a great rest of your night and bye for now
命运。